As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to No Buns, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Tass Mellis in studio in Atlanta, and with me, it's super producer JD. Hello. What's going on, JD? And with us all season long from Taiwan, but he's got Toronto in his heart, especially today, I'm sure. It's Joel McMillan. Joel, what's going on? I am doing well. I'm uh, happy to be here. Lots to talk about today, Tass. Absolutely. Usually I ask you if you fed the cats, but you've got a new background for those of us following along on YouTube on the Athletic Baseball Show channel. A stadium. (laughs) That's gorgeous. What stadium is that? Okay, Tass, I'm going to give you a clue. It's in the country you were born in. (laughs) So it looks like the Sky Dome. That's incorrect. Okay. Um, it, I mean, it's got, it's got old Skydome vibes. I thought maybe you put this weird roof on it. Um, it's in Vancouver? No, go east of Toronto. Oh, it's not Montreal. It's oh, the, oh, it, it's, it's the, the, the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. We just we au stade Olympique. It looks to grade five French. Uh, I remember that. It looks different on a green screen. Uh, yeah, you can see with it poking through my a little headphones. green poking yeah. through your ha- uh, your headphones. Hey, it's I okay. love it. I love it. It looks like you're on the field. It feels great uh, to be with you here, Joel. Yeah, I've got a Jays jersey on. I've got to be completely honest. I, I, I had to put it on today with this Yankees-Jays feud that we'll get to. But to be truthful here, I haven't watched it since <laughs> I wore it a month ago on this show. So we're playing a doubleheader here, a month apart, I guess. But I had to wear. <laughs> I mean, we've got we've got a feud to talk about. Uh, quick housekeeping. Make sure you're checking out the Instagram account. Joel's doing a lot of great work over there. It's no underscore bunts. We're having a lot of fun there, as we're going to have a lot of fun today, because we will be building custom stadiums. It's going to be so much fun. The three of us are going to construct a ballpark, pick our own city, team name, and more details of the stadium in a, in a fun little draft format. We'll get to you're out. We do that a lot here where we have to eliminate one option. But first, the five best things in baseball this week. We got a great batch, Joel. You're going to give us the best value free agents from this past offseason. But we got to start in Toronto, I got Toronto in my brain thinking that the Olympique Stadium looks like the, the <laughs> Skydome in the Rogers Center where we had a legitimate baseball beef. Monday, Tuesday, the Yankees and the Jays got into it. The Jays accusing the Yankees of cheating. Aaron Judge on Monday in Toronto. Let's take you through some of the events. Eighth inning, he's up at the dish. First three pitches. He side-eyes his own dugout. He's looking into his own dugout as he's squaring up for the pitch. He's getting ready for the pitch. Three times he looks over to his own dugout. Jay's broadcasters caught it. Incredible stuff by Shulman and Buck to catch it right there. Later in the at-bat, 3-2, side-eyes the dugout again, and then goes yard 
on that same pitch. So was he getting signals from the dugout? Well, after the game, he said there he was looking there because he wanted his team to pipe down about the umpiring. Okay, interesting stuff. Is Jay Jackson tipping pitches? What's going on? Well, post-game, John Schneider, Jay's manager, uh, said that the uh, third base coach was way out of the box. The Yankees' third base coach may have been picking up the signals from the catcher, relaying it to the bench, who relayed it to Judge. Well, Judge will say, hey, I, that was my second home run of the night. You can't you can't fault me for just banging home home runs. Well, the next night, it continued. Yankees starter Domingo Herman tossed from the game for having a sticky substance after just three innings. Uh, Yankees say it was rosin, this and that. The umpires checked it. He's out of there. Uh, the Jays coaches yelling about the third base coach, Luis Rojas, being outside of the box again. Um, you even saw John Schneider, Joel, say to someone, shut up, fatty. You can you can <laughs> see, you can read his lips. Yeah. I mean, this is all in two games of, of a baseball game. And then the eighth inning again, Aaron Judge staring directly at the picture. It's directly at Eric Swanson, not taking his eyes off the pitcher for one sec. Goes yard, and he breaks a maple leaf in center field. <laughs> it, it hit off the corner of a maple leaf, the national symbol of our home country, Joel. Uh, so what's your take on all of this? Yes, this is grade A Japanese Wagyu beef, the <laughs> finest of fine beefs. Uh, it, I mean, it's great. Uh, as a fan, I absolutely love it. I mean, as a Blue Jays fan, I love it. Um, it creates drama. Uh, it creates great entertainment. Um, I've enjoyed it. I mean, it was it's crushing as a Jays fan, you know, the past two nights, you know, to lose these two games at home. Yeah, I didn't uh, even include that because it's it's almost an afterthought. But, yeah, Judgy, three home runs, two games, and taking yeah, care of business. It's uh, in, in Toronto, too, it's tough. But, I mean, Judge always – I mean, Judge is Judge. I mean, and he always hits well in Toronto, too. Um, but, Tess, I just wanted to bring up a, a couple points. In all of this, as exciting as it is, I think it's a bad look uh, on both sides. I think it's a bad look on New York uh, in the sense that, you know, they vehemently denied judge cheating. And, you know, I'll let you be the judge on that. I'm not going to try to, you know, convince you one way or the other. Um, but then for them to vehemently deny it and then the next night, you know, th their pitcher gets busted for cheating. It it's a bad look for New York. I feel Boone was being really petty. I mean, I thought it was entertaining, but it was also he was being very petty about the the Jays third base coach, you know, telling him to get back in the box and things like that. So I think it was a bad look for New York, but I also think it was a bad look for Toronto, too. I don't think I don't like Schneider, you know, saying what he said. I'm not offended by it. I just think it's kind of, you know, a bit low class. And it just they kind of Toronto just kind of looks whiny and it looks like they're they're making excuses and you know, Tass, I love Shulman. I love Buck. Like, I grew up listening to these guys. But I think you need a bit more evidence than just Judge kind of glancing over his bench. I understand how it looks a bit odd. Well, I but guess Tass, they, they were just pointing it out. Right, right. But I, I mean, but he's I he's locked in. He's locked in on the P. Okay, so you're, you're saying there's additional. But but just to defend them, mm -hmm. Judge is locked in, in, in the batter's box. He's ready mm -hmm. to hit. And... They they caught his eyes looking towards the Yankees dugout, which is odd. Uh, I think it that's is, fair to is. say. But but you're saying yeah. Shulman went further than that. Well, I, I I like I was reading like kind of in the article after Shulman. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said I don't want to go throwing accusations around. But you know, well then don't don't frame it like that. Don't don't say it like that. I mean, he's kind of accusing them with you know, without directly coming out and saying it again, I'm, I, I love showman. Like I said, he's one of, the he's one of my favorite. Yeah. One of the greats, but you know, you got, I think you kind of got to be a bit careful I think, I with think, something like that. I think for sure. You got to be careful, but he was making an observation in, in, in their, in their defense. I think they did mm -hmm. an incredible job of seeing that as it happened. Uh, the, oh, sure. the, the hitter's eyes just, just glancing over. And in the end, you know, evaluating the whole thing, did they do anything wrong? I, 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 the Jays said, uh, you know, un, unless they have some some giant, you know, Astros-like operation over there where they're using some other sort of technology, that is totally within the rules of baseball to be 
signaling to their hitter oh, sure. that the hitter is that the pitcher is tipping pitches, uh, which it sure felt like maybe happening in that instance. But uh, as we've talked about, the Yankees. Mm third base coach way out of the box uh, and yeah and maybe he is the one sending uh <laughs> sending the the signals to to the dugout yeah and also to touch just another point um jay jackson actually said after the game i think actually with an interview with the athletic they you know someone had spoken with him yeah jay jackson who even, may have been tipping the pitches right yeah the he pitcher. even had said like I, I i was tipping or i was probably tipping and he you know he seemed to take it like a pro he said if that's the case like that's fine all the power to them you know if i have a tell and that's completely within the rules of the game i'm that's that's just part of baseball it has been for you know, forever. So I'm not, I'm not going to be critical of that, but, um, but Tass, it's exciting. Mm. Uh, I really hope we win tonight because Tass of New York comes in and, and sweeps us. I know it's only May, but I mean, just, it will just really hurt the soul if we <laughs> drop this game tonight. And even in the first game, we were losing seven, nothing. We had a late rally. And then I thought, you know, when Jermaine uh, got kicked out, we came back and tied it up. I was like, oh, we got this momentum. And, you know, but it was exciting. If you're a baseball fan, great drama, great excitement. Got to love it. Yeah. And that's after the Jays swept the Braves over the weekend, uh, who are mm-hmm. obviously playing extremely well. It, it is. Yeah. When you when you zoom out and you see Herman toss the next day, it's a bad look for Aaron Boone. Yeah, I didn't mention that was funny that Aaron Boone was complaining about the Jays third base coach being out of the box the next day. Very funny stuff. Uh, and. It was Schneider uh, with with the fatty comment. It was also the pitching coach Pete Walker that was the most vocal about oh, yeah. about the third base coach Luis Rojas doing the pointing and yelling for him to get back in the box. In the end, I really don't think the Yankees did anything wrong. Uh, it, it, the Herman incident aside, we're talking mm-hmm. you know big picture Astros like people trying making that comparison. It's you got to say it's unfounded. And I will say, uh, Joel, I mean, you mentioned this beforehand. Alec Manoa, Jay Starter, also called Garrett Cole a cheater. Yeah. Uh, earlier on this, he was on Serge Ibaka's show. Try and, try and follow along yeah. with that. He was on Serge Ibaka's cooking show, a former uh, Toronto Raptor, and called Garrett Cole a, a cheater. A lot, a lot of juicy stuff here. Yeah. Tess, I like as a Jays fan, I, I love them. Of course, I'm going to love them, but they just make it so difficult sometimes. I think they just need to listen to the No Doubt song, Don't Speak, okay? Mm. Just chill out. Just relax. Stop with the comments. Stop with the insinuations. And, you know, Cole, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, Manoa said that about Cole, and he's followed that up with he's been one of the worst starting pitchers this year. Uh, Cole beat him in a head-to-head game early in New York. Now, that said, that was Manoa's best game of the year. It was a very close game. Uh, and then Manoa had made a comment earlier in the year. He said, oh, pressure is what they put in tires. And since he made that comment, he's one and four with an ERA over six and a whip approaching two. I love Manoa, but he just needs to kind of chill out and focus uh, on being a better pitcher. I think the pitch clock task is having a really big impact on him. Um, mm, he, he's one of those guys, you know, and I've, I've read that uh, a couple different places. So I hope he gets it together. I will. The talent's there, but just kind of chill out on like if you if you want to trash talk, you got to back it up. And the Jays haven't really done that. Vladdy said next year's next this year was the trailer. Next year is going to be the main movie or whatever. Manoa says that you got to back it up because if you don't, you just look like total clowns. So let's just chill out. I love this yin and yang that we've got going on. I didn't really expect it from you, Joel, but you want to be the calm one. Put it in neutral. Let's figure this out on the baseball field. While I say, turn it up a notch. Keep the chat. Keep the chatting going. I, you are a true Jays fan. You live and die with them. Uh, I, I heard the we in there. Uh, they are they're six games above five hundred. Uh, they're, they're now mm-hmm. tied with the Yankees uh, as the Yankees have picked up a couple games, and we'll see what happens as we record here uh, Wednesday night. You mentioned the pitch clock. That brings us to uh, a related number two here on our five best things in baseball this week. Kenley Jansen, Red Sox closer, just converted his four hundredth save. Congrats to him. Uh, our friends at the 3-0 show were debating if he's going into the hall. And then, with everything looking up for Kenley, he had a very bad 24 hours. What happened with Kenley Jansen, Joel? 
Yeah, so we had a ceremony Friday night at Fenway Park, you know, to mark this great career achievement. And then he proceeded to go out and blow the save Friday night. And then he blew the save Saturday afternoon as well. Uh, I I mean, obviously, I, you, you feel for the guy, you know, to to have that ceremony, then basically to go out and, and do that. And Red Sox fans, Tess, aren't exactly forgiving, but I don't blame them. Although, Tess, I don't think any fan base would be very forgiving if your closer went out and blew two consecutive games. It's just bad timing. You know, relievers are, they can be very hot and very cold. You know, guys are up and down all the time. I think it's just bad timing. And I just feel bad it really kind of takes the shine off what should be you know a a great story and a great accomplishment for him but it's early you know the Red Sox have I I feel have kind of been playing been punching above their weight Uh, they got swept by St. Louis Uh, I think they've dropped one of two to Seattle this week so they're kind of coming back to earth but uh, yeah I just kind of feel bad for for uh, Jansen it's just a just a tough 24 hours the AL East has been absolutely incredible. All five teams mm-hmm. above 500, including those Red Sox, as you said, punching above their weight a little bit. Kenley Jansen going there for the, his first season there has looked really good. And I did mention the sort of the pitch clock fiasco. Um, with with Kenley Jansen specifically, I know we've been talking about the pitch clock a, a bunch this season, but it really hasn't caused a lot of problems. Even with Jansen, who... Uh, According to some, according to the, the website Baseball Savant, he was the slowest pitcher last season. Hasn't had a problem with it this year. Mm-hmm. But in one of those saves opportunities, Wilson Contreras of the Cardinals uh, was able to find a way around the rules. So Contreras was hitting a- against Kenley Jansen. And uh, you can't, here's the rule, you can't start your motion uh, until the pitcher is ready. So I'm sorry, until the hitter is ready. So that that's the mm-hmm. rule there. So Wilson Contreras, he got in the box um with one foot and he raised his bat and looked toward the mound a couple times, basically uh, uh, multiple pitches, but his feet weren't in the box fully. Both of his feet weren't in the box as if you're following along with me. So Kenley Jansen started his motion and was immediately stopped and a ball was called. Uh, and it happened again. Uh, Contreras ready for <laughs> ready for this. I mean, they told him obviously, uh, and he said it after the game. I found a way around the rules to sort of raise my bat, look toward the mound, but not fully put my feet in. And another ball was called, and he got on base. He was the tying run, and he needed a way around that because in seven at bats uh, against Kenley Jansen, he had never been on base and so that was mm-hmm. one sneaky move there uh and uh, you know i'm kind of tired of of you know these little tricks around the rules there haven't been too many of them we got a scherzer you know doing his thing as always but um really i think we're going to stop talking about these pitch clock rules but that was just one point of have how Contreras mm-hmm. got around the rules uh, for kenley jansen who's still at 35 years of age he's throwing harder uh, than he was earlier in his career and uh He's doing really well. I mean, as, as we said, a, a bad forty-eight hours, but he's he's showed up well uh, for the Boston Red Sox. So I had to throw that in there, even though I'm, I, I hate myself when I bring up these pitch clock stories. I gotta I gotta be honest. I'm kind of just I'm just kind of tired of guys trying to get around the rules, and hopefully that'll be the last time we talk about it. Let's talk about some great free agent signings, Joel. That you wanted to get to, not something that's exclusively happened this week, mm-hmm. um, but. Again, best value free agent signings that we've, we're seeing so far, you know, six weeks into the season. Who's on your list, Joel? Oh, I see I see a Blue Jay. We'll get out of the AL East one day, but I see a Blue Jay, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tass. I feel like we're spending a lot of time there this show so far. Um, but the best, you know, the best value free agent signing so far, to me, I mean, it's a slam dunk. It's it's Kevin Kiermaier, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he signed for $9 million this year. He signed for a one-year deal. Um, Tess, he's the best number nine hitter. I mean, the guy gets a ton of base hits. He's got speed. He's a great defender. He just completely changes the dynamic of that outfield. And Tess, outfield defense is really something that Toronto has been lacking in recent years with Teoscar Hernandez and Gurriel and Springer. I mean, Springer is a good defender, 
but the corner outfielders were just not great defenders at all. So, you know, having a guy like Kiermaier come in, who's a, a plus defender, just completely changes the dynamic. And he's a great number nine hitter, Tassi. He's the best number nine hitter, I feel, in the league. He turns the lineup over. He gets big hits. He does everything you want from uh, from a baseball player. He's already posted. Now, Tass earmuffs, he's already posted uh, 1.4 wins above replacement. Thank you. Uh, which Which is very good. Um, so yeah, I mean, at nine, at $9 million, I mean, I feel that's the absolute best value free agent. And, uh, I just wanted to give honorable mention to two other players, Nathan Avaldi, the pitcher for the Texas Rangers. Now he's making $17 million. You're like, yeah, $17 million. That's a lot of money. But I mean, that's kind of, you know, when you look at the market for pitchers, I mean, for context, Verlander and Scherzer are making, I think over 40 million or close to it. Uh, and even, you know, the uh, DeGrom, who is a teammate uh, of Avaldi's in Texas, is making much more, too. But, I mean, Avaldi, you know, goes deep into games. The last three games he's pitched, he's pitched eight or more innings. He's had a complete game. All three of those have been wins. I feel he's a big part uh, of Texas's early success this year. Uh, I've always liked Avaldi. I've seen a lot of him in the AL East. He's pitched for a couple AL East teams. He's always been good. Um, so he's, a, I feel like it's $17 million, you know, when you're looking at what some pitchers are getting $17 million and what he's put up, uh, is great value. And the other honorable mention task is, uh, Cody Bellinger. Uh, basically the Dodgers let him go. He just kind of got space jammed. I don't know what happened His talent just disappeared after his MVP season. You know, a lot of people said it was because of the shoulder injury that he suffered that that might be true. But, you know, he was a great player. And then all of a sudden he wasn't um, he's he signed a one year deal with the Cubs to rebuild his value. Also, I think at 17 million, uh, all of his numbers are up. His power numbers are up. He's walking more. He's getting more hits. Uh, and Taz, just for context. Last year in 144 games, he posted a 1.4 F war uh, and sorry, 1.8 F war. And this year, just by mid-May, he's already posted a 1.4. So he's basically almost, you know, his his value, he's basically almost put up the same war uh, in basically five or six weeks than he did uh, in a whole season last year. And I love Bellinger. I mean, he's a great player. I, I always like his personality. I think he's just a funny dude. He's a chill dude. So it's good to see him back. And I think, Tass, like if he keeps this up, He's a shoe-in for comeback player of the year, for sure. Quickly with that stat, 1.8 versus 1.4, you're saying, for Bellinger this year versus last. Uh, he's- yeah, so last year he posted, in 144 games, he posted a 1.8 F4. And this year, um, he's already posted a 1.4 F4. So he's basically almost oh, so that's, know, that's exceeded a- his output. Oh, so that's a cumulative stat. So he will he will eventually reach 1.8 is what you're saying and, and surpass it. Oh, he'll yeah, yeah. I mean, if he keeps this up, he he left. Oh. Uh, I think he left the game the other night. He got hurt. I don't know how serious it is, but I mean, if he if he keeps on this trajectory, he'll he'll pass this by the end of May. Because wins above replacement, just this regular stat dro- dropping the F. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, we're not hitting F five here. It's just just regular war. That's not a cumulative stat. That's that's just wins above replacement. No, it is a cumulative stat. Like you oh. accumulate it as oh, the year, the end goes like on. Oh, okay. as the year as the year goes on. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it can it can increase and 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 it can decrease. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. I'm sure we'll go through those stats uh, one day. But Cody Bellinger, yeah, he's great, and he made a a great catch against Houston. They're wearing their space city jerseys, their City Connect jerseys, and he goes up up into space into center field. He's done that a couple times. Did it against his old uh, teammate or team, I should say, the Dodgers. Uh, and yeah, so thanks for taking us through us. Bellinger, yeah, comeback player of the year. Evaldi, not getting to shine, obviously, because I think, well, I think because DeGrom is there, but he's been mm-hmm. great, 2.7 ERA for him. And uh, Kevin Kiermaier, well, we're done talking about the Blue Jays, but he has been awesome. He said when he signed, I love the renovated stadium. I love this, the center field fence. I'm going to go above that fence and catch a ball. And he did it in the first freaking game there. So he said he it did. in December. And then, uh, he is, yeah, it is it is cool to watch some great outfield defense. The renovations bringing down the fence uh, in the Rogers Center that isn't the building that you're sitting in front of, but... <laughs> kind of looks like it. anyway uh it, it's been great for for him varsho and, and springer if you like defense you should watch uh the toronto blue jays outfield play ball so 
We've gone through three of the five best things in baseball this week. Let's move on because we've got to build a freaking stadium, and I know that's going to take us a bit. Uh, but I had to, had to, had to include a walk-off bunt. It doesn't happen. Watch this. We had a, a walk-off bunt. I would feel like we're doing listeners a, a disservice if we didn't include this. First and third, one out, bottom of the ninth. It's a tie game, and Royals... Freddie Fermin squared up at the last second, surprised the pitcher, and laid it down. It was a 98.3 mile-per-hour pitch, a little difficult to square up. Drops it down. He squeezed in a runner from third. It's a walk-off bunt. Walk-off bunts are rare, Joel. I wanted to throw these stats at you. It's not quite F-war, but in the last five seasons, there (laughs) have been just three. Three walk-off bunts, and according to the Elias Sports Bureau, it's happened 20 times in the last 20 seasons. And for a point of reference, in the last 20 seasons, there have been 63 no-hitters and 215 three-home-run games. So it's far more rare than those. A couple interesting ones. John Lester had a walk-off bunt as a pinch hitter. Really weird. Uh, With two strikes in the bottom of the 12th inning against the Mariners in 2016. Melvin Mora had one against his rivals, his rival Yankees in, in 2007, and there was three in the playoffs. Uh, Ramon, Ramon Hernandez going back in game one of the 3 ALDS between his A's and the Red Sox, so that's one of three in postseason history, just to, to throw a few out there. But the show is called No Bunts. I saw a walk-off bunt. I got to appreciate a guy squaring up and, yeah. and finishing off a game. I love it. I, I like it in that instance. We obviously don't see a lot of bunts in, in today's game, um, but... In that instance, it's a smart move. Yeah. Yeah, Tess, I like I hate bunting <laughs> to sacrifice a runner. It's such a waste of an out. Um, I, I know some people might disagree with me, you know, more the old school fan, but it's just a waste of an out. But bunting for a base hit, I'm all for. It's it's an exciting play. If you're good at bunting and you think you can make it, like absolutely go for it. I feel like, you know, you, you still see guys bunting for hits that – that's not completely absent in the game anymore. Just bunting in general is down because, you know, kind of the strategy of the game uh, has evolved a bit. But I, I love bunting for a base hit, and I have no problem for it. Just bunting to get a guy over, absolutely just no. Get out of here. Miss me with that. That's why we're called no bunts. Although in this instance, as Chris J says, amongst the bleacher creatures watching YouTube, YouTube, he says, yes, bunts. And he also says it's more rare than an inside-the-park home run, a walk-off bunt, more rare than inside-the-park home run. I don't have the stat on that. Not totally clear, but hey, if someone's saying in the bleacher cre- amongst the bleacher creatures, then I'm good with it, uh, and I believe it. So moving on here before we build our own stadiums, Last story we want to get to from the week that was in MLB. The Diamondbacks, Christian Walker didn't like a couple calls when he struck out. Next inning, from the bench, he did some clapping for a teammate, and he was ejected. Excuse me? What happened, Joel? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just like just what you said, um, I I don't think it was malicious or anything, and I don't even really... Like, apparently it wasn't even sarcastic. I mean, it might have been, but who knows? But yeah, Walker <laughs> basically got tossed, and you can kind of see his reaction. He he throws his hands up. Uh, Tess, I got to I gotta be real. Like, this bothers me. Um, the umpiring, I feel, has progressively gotten worse, and it it's beginning, I feel, to have an effect on the on-field product. And the reason I say that, Tess, is because... The ejections are just so quick. And like if if you get in an umpire's face and you want to swear at them and stuff like that, okay, you're out of the game. I get that. But guys just have a these umpires just have a quick trigger finger, just the slightest thing. And this is, you know, case one of I feel dozens and dozens of these cases in recent years where a guy doesn't even really do something that warrants an ejection. Tess, go back and look at like old games from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s. You know, players and managers would come out and would get animated. I love watching that kind of stuff. I feel like a lot of ball fans do. And, you know, some of those guys got ejected, but not all the time. But now it's like, you know, you you throw your helmet down with a bit of force and you're kicked out of the game or you kind of give the umpire kind of a bit of a look and you're out of the game. That's ridiculous. People don't come to see the umpires. Tass, people like Tass, imagine you go with your family and you know, you're, you're on vacation and you really want to see like Mike Trout and you pay good money 
And this is maybe your only chance to see Mike Trout. And he uh, argued, like just slightly argues a call in the first inning and he's out of the game. Well, that ruins your whole experience. Um, that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Stuff like that needs to be out of the game. I'm all for robot ums, you know, write it down. Uh, I'm all for robot ums. They're coming and hopefully <laughs> will that will kind of. Okay. Well, hopefully <laughs> that will negate, you know, some of this because it's just, it's just foolish. You don't come to see the ums. You come to see the players ridiculous yes my family would hate seeing umpires i actually put on my <laughs> my umpire slash catcher mask recently uh that i found in my garage scared the crap out of my kids so uh you're, you're, <laughs> you're totally right joel yeah in this instance walker was at the plate the inning prior he took strike two didn't like the call and then he checked his swing on strike three first base ump said he went around k he was yelling as he went back to the dugout next inning his teammate Nick Ahmed up at the plate. A check swing went Ahmed's way, so he was clapping from the bench. Yeah, yeah, he, he was clapping. And you could hear it in Chasefield in Arizona, clearly on the broadcast. Uh, our friends at Nonsense Sports did a good uh, – are they our friends? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but they did a good job of breaking it down on YouTube. And then you could you could hear it, and, and the umpire didn't like it. Uh, Marquez, the umpire – he heard it. It was clear as day, and he felt it was uh, towards him. It happened a second time, and he just said, "No more clapping. You're gone." And uh, I, I'm totally with you. It was, it was but for clapping. I, I mean, come on. It was like a, really clapping. Get yeah, out of here. It was a thin-skinned umpire. There, there's no doubt about it. All right, Joel. I've been staring at this uh, book I have in front of me. It's called Ballparks. I can't wait to build a ballpark with you and JD oh, after nice. after this quick break. We're gonna build our own custom stadiums we'll be right back after a very quick break looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to No Bunts. We are building our own custom stadium. We've been waiting to do this for a while here on No Bunts since the beginning of the season. We're going to build our stadiums using these four categories. We're going to pick a city and team name. Can't be a, a current MLB city. New team, new city. Uh, then we're going to have a unique characteristic in that stadium. That'll be our, our second round of picks. We are going to create a signature snack and drink for the stadium and then a post-game stadium celebration. All three of us will be drafting. Um, and then we'll take a look back at who did it best. You guys will tell us. Make sure you hit us up on, on Instagram, no underscore bunts, or, or people live here will tell us who did it best. The listeners will decide. So it's the three of us here. Joel, since you live the furthest... We're, we're giving you the advantage. You're up in the top of the first. You'll get first pick. So city and team name. Joel, what do you got? Okay. So for city, I'm going to go Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And the name of the the name of the team is going to be the Salt Lake City Mountaineers. Uh, obviously, there's lots of beautiful nature, lots of beautiful mountains uh, in Utah. And the name of my stadium is going to be called the Apex. Mm. Interesting. Tell us more about the Apex. Just the name, well, just mean, the name that you're going. I know it's self-explanatory. It's a mountain. Done? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tass, I'm going to actually come back to that okay. when I talk about my snacks. Thank okay. You. So uh, we'll just uh, put a pin in that. <laughs> All right. The SLC Mountaineers. Salt Lake City Mountaineers. Stadium's called the Apex. JD to you. 
Well, hmm, let's see. What's still on the board? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll take Austin. No, I'm just kidding, Tass. <laughs> I already called it pre-show. Pre-show yeah. this guy. This guy. We're supposed to be doing a draft. I've got like eight teams, eight cities here, and then the sla- the uh, WhatsApp fires up, and uh, it's like, oh, by the way, guys, I'm taking Austin. I'm like, what? Okay, it wasn't well, even on the list. It wasn't on the list. It wasn't but, on the list, but, but Salt Lake City was on my list, so um, yeah, you're so welcome, Joel. It's on oh, MLB's okay. expansion <laughs> list. Uh, MLB's expansion list as well. They might be having a team in Salt Lake City. JD, you got a list that doesn't include Austin, but you had to reveal the pre-show secret. <laughs> Damn, man. I, I've got Still a basketball. Ass. I got a basketball <laughs> show to get ready for. I didn't want to pivot. I'm ready with Austin. Spoiler alert, I'm going with Austin. Fair Where enough, are you going? Fair enough. I'm, you... I'm going. Um, this was at the top of my list anyways. Uh, I'm surprised neither of you wanted it. Montreal, guys, come on. Oh. I just had a, a great uh, episode of uh, Is This Good with Ariel Hawani two, uh, two weeks ago. Talked about how he was riding home on the subway from Shea Stadium, the final Expos game he went to. Tears as a child running down his cheeks. So devastated that Montreal was losing their MLB team. So I'm going Montreal, and they're going to be called the Montreal Smoked Meat. <laughs> I like that. Actually, I like that. I mean, a lot of beef talk today, so why not? All Montreal right. Smoked Meat. Uh, great stuff. <laughs> great stuff. All right. I don't know how I can follow that up, uh, but I'm going to Austin. Mm-hmm. We've got an automatic rivalry with uh, the Rangers and Houston. You go up to 35 to go to Dallas, to Arlington. You go down the 45 uh, to get to Houston. I'm calling them the Austin Grackles. What the hell is a grackle? (laughs) It's a grackle. It's a menacing bird. A grackle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so is that an actual bird or that's just a way to... No, no, it's a bird. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're, they're common in the Austin area. Okay. Uh, I've done my research, contacted some family members in Austin. Basically, I, I passed this off to them, but I think they've done <laughs> they've done incredibly well. It's a menacing bird in the Austin area. It's got a it's they're usually they kind of like crow like look. It's like uh, a handsome crow. I'm looking at one right handsome now. Handsome crow. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're going to be pecking all those Houston Astros rockets. I mean, I, I think we've got a good <laughs> rivalry going. We're starting off with the SLC Mountaineers, the Montreal Smoke Meat, and the Austin Grackles. Great start, Joel. Let's go to uh, the unique characteristic of your ballpark. Okay, so I think I've never been to Utah, but it honestly looks like one of the most beautiful places on earth with all of the the mountains and the nature. You know, uh, you Tass, you were there recently, were you? Didn't you guys go there in the winter? All of us were there yep. for the uh, NBA All Star Game. In, yeah, in that's February. right. Yeah, spectacular. Um, yeah, looks looks absolutely beautiful. So Tass, to me, like my kind of unique feature is the the center field view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to like it's going to be completely open, and so you can see the Rocky Mountains in center field. That's going to kind of be the the centerpiece of my stadium. And instead of having bleachers, I'm going to have like an open astroturf area. The Salt Lake City Bees, the minor league team, their their stadium is actually pretty good. It kind of does this. Um, and it kind of highlights the beauty of the mountains. So instead of like a standing room, it's going to be like kind of a sitting area. So you've got the beautiful center field view uh, of the mountains and tasks for the for the exterior of the stadium. It has to be a retractable roof because because of the weather. Um but I want it to be all glass and I want it to resemble <laughs> a mountain. I want it to resemble like an actual beautiful mountain okay. and it would all be transparent. So you would get all of the natural light in um, and you'd have to play a lot of day games because I really want to accentuate the beauty of Utah. So that would kind of be my unique features, just having that beautiful center field uh, with the Rocky Mountains in the distance. I'm already nicknaming it the greenhouse Mm. because that's kind of what you're like with the glass roof, you know? It'd be so yeah. hot in there. Can you imagine? Oh, they got air conditioning, we'll, though. We can, we'll throw in some AC. We'll throw in some <laughs> AC. The, the, the Nippon Hokkaido ham fighters have a similar design, but their roof is not 
uh, the roof, it's not transparent, but center field is all glass and it just looks absolutely beautiful. It's a brand new stadium. You can go check it out. Um, so I would want it something akin to that, but have it all just kind of glass. Yeah. In the shape of a mountain. I think Mercedes Benz has on either side has big glass windows, right? Like you can see outside, even when the roof is closed. Am I? Yeah, Which stadium? Uh, Mercedes-Benz here in Atlanta. Atlanta. It's sort of like uh, Globe Life Field for the Rangers, where I think a lot of new ballparks are are utilizing this, where you walk into the stadium and the concourse feels like it's really open and you're seeing Mm -hmm. glass windows Mm -hmm. as much as possible, as much as engineering allows for it, uh, because... Yeah, people just want it open. I think that that's what uh, Joel is going for here totally. with uh, the skylight, essentially a, an incredible skylight that's shaped. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I see, I see you want to rebut. <laughs> well, yeah, just my, no. My... I wanted, I wanted to kind of build on your point. Yeah, like the open con- uh, concourse areas, you're just surround like a panoramic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of view or surrounding of all of all that beautiful nature there in Salt Lake. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going again, just to clarify. That glass is going to look like a mountain, like a mountain range. It's going to resemble a mountain. It's going to resemble an actual mountain. I know it sounds insane. Mm -hmm. Kind of like not in the same vein of like the old Memphis pyramid in that vein. Now I think it's a Bass Pro Shop, but kind of in that vein. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah, the Bass Pro Shop. All right. I'm I'm going to go with something similar uh, a little bit later. So I I like how you you set people up, uh, but mine will be better. Uh, mm-hmm. I think than yours, but uh, I, I I like where you're going, Joel. I do. I find it interesting. You mentioned Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. They have uh, a, a very small opening at the top that is retractable. Small. I mean, small is a yeah. relative word. It doesn't. It's probably like. I know, it's like a it's like a sunroof on a car almost. Yeah, it's not like you're not you don't even when the roof is open you don't feel like you're outside. You're just like, yes. Yes. It's nice that when it's open, but Yeah. It's it's for for all those well traveled, it's like the Pantheon, you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's kinda like <laughs> it's what it is to me. Um I just want I worry about yours, Joel, when you retract or will, will you be able to tell? I guess not when, when you retract, but will you be able to tell that uh the stadium is can you can you tell that it's a, a mountain range? Will you be able to notice because sometimes when I'm at, let's say, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I don't even notice what's going on up there. I just don't look at it up there. But I guess this is huge. Uh, yeah. That's a good question, Tass. I'll have to talk to the engineers and the architects <laughs> about this one. I'll get back to you. I'll send it to you in an email later. Yeah. You're, you're totally right about not – when you're in Mercedes-Benz, like well, I've been in there before and it's like – Oh, is it raining? And looking up and then realizing, being there for hours and then realizing, oh, the roof is open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But hold on. I mean, I, I'm I'm projecting Mercedes Benz on Joel's yeah, stadium. Yeah, not fair. It's not fair. Your engineers are going to do an incredible job. And it wasn't a great question. Don't even don't even pander to me. <laughs> it wasn't a great question. You've got an incredible mountain rangey glass skylight that's taken over the stadium. That's your unique characteristic for the SLC Mountaineers. Is it okay that I'm calling them the SLC Mountaineers and not the Salt Lake City Mountaineers, by the way? I'm not mad at you, Tess. Okay. I'm not mad at you. Go ahead. JD, what's your unique characteristic? <laughs> so we're going to build the uh, stadium in Old Montreal, which is going to be difficult. So it's not going to be the biggest stadium, okay. but it's going to be... I want to incorporate it somehow into Notre Dame Basilica. So it... like. Almost, you know how in Union Station in Toronto, they sort of built around it and they built up and around it. That's kind of what I want to do with the arena. Yeah. Um, or even Scotiabank Arena to some Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great one. That was the an old post office, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, so inside it'll be almost church-like. And I'm already nicknaming the... You know, we'll we'll buy whatever uh, corporate sponsor wants to, you know, the Tim Hortons <laughs> dome or whatever we want to call it. But it's going to be nicknamed the church and everything's yeah. going to be, you know, religious iconography from all religions around, you know, <laughs> st- the, the similar, you know, scenic views 
windows, but they're going to be stained glass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the stained glass are going to be like the patron saints of baseball and stuff. You know, you're going to have your, what a name is super, uh, Rance Mullenix will be on one, you know, <laughs> it's the first name that came to my head. <laughs> but yeah, right. we'll call it the church and it's going to be an old Montreal. It's going to be really, really convenient to get there on the, uh, what do they call it there? The Metro? Yeah. Um, you know, and then people from Toronto just hop on the Via Rail. They'll go up there. It'll be Canada's uh, second team. Everybody's going to be really excited about the Montreal Smoke Meet. I can't wait. All right. So, yeah, the the church is employed in there. Stained glass, a lot of glass. Got to be able to see outside. Very mm-hmm. important stuff, as we saw in, in Utah. Very, very, very important uh, with Joel Stadium as well. Getting good feedback here for both of you guys. Great. Yeah, uh, on uh, <laughs> on YouTube here, Chris J says great themes, guys. Sounds like a beautiful venue, and uh, love the name Grackles for me. So we're doing great. Wow, everybody, we're doing great. <laughs> we're neck and neck here. All right, so uh, the church. It's a nickname. Very very similar to me, where I'm going with my uh, my Austin Grackles venue. Mine will be called the Violet Crown. Um, mm. Probably just the Crown, because the area of Austin is known as the Violet Crown. That's a nickname. And the stadium is going to look like a crown. So we're, so encircling the top of the structure will be points of the crown, essentially. Like, like it's, it's literally going to be and feel like a crown. We're going to get so many damn aerial shots of this place. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Uh, that's just what we're going to do. There's going to be a lot of purple. Uh, it will be called the Violet Crown Stadium, I think. And I think people will say, we're going down to the crown for a game. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's nice. the thing. It'll 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 look like a crown. I think even with Joel's, we're relying here on engineers to take us into the 21st century of ballparks. Like make make them look uh, as unique as possible, like like objects. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You're not worried about Kansas City Royals coming after you, mm. saying, "Hey, you're cutting our grass over here. That's our thing." That's what we do here in uh, in engineering and baseball. We take a little bit from everybody. Okay. Uh, I'm, I am a little bit more worried about the Sacramento Kings basketball team. Oh, I'm stealing right. a lot from from them. Oh, you uh, lighten a beam after every. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. So the signature snack and drink category here, Joel, for the Salt Lake City Mountaineers. Okay, so Tess, in my research, I found out uh, some interesting stuff about Utah. And there is a very famous pastrami hamburger. Now, for the record, uh, this burger did not originate in Utah. It originated in Southern California. But according to people in Utah, they perfected it. So this is my stadium snack. It's an open bun pastrami burger, toasted brioche bun, a tomato, Swiss cheese task. Cover that with Russian dressing here's the name but here is the name of the burger because i'm 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 gonna throw it out to everybody here it's either gonna be called the pastrami peak or the salt lake summit Mm. oh i nailed that absolutely nailed it (laughs) i can tell how excited you were to tell us that i felt like i was all afternoon i was i felt like i was at a uh Salt Lake City restaurant on opening day, and the employee of the month was serving me. But uh, yeah, okay. it was great. I love pastrami, and I love pastrami too. Like I, just, it's one of my favorite <laughs> deli meats. So put it up there. Nice. And they do in Montreal too. Maybe you guys can collab a little mm. bit. So pastrami peak or the Salt Lake City summit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an open face pastrami burger. Did you call it sandwich? Yeah, bur- yeah, burger. Yeah, it's basically yeah, an open face burger. Yeah, so their 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 one is just like a traditional burger, okay. and I think they use a sesame bun. I'm just gonna slightly change it, um, and they serve it with Thousand Island dressing. Come on, Thousand Island dressing, get out of here. <laughs> Russian dressing, Russian Isn't dressing. Isn't that the same thing? They're not. They're they're not. I. They're they're different ingredients. I looked it up. Yeah, okay. I won't get into it, but they they they're very similar, but they're they're not the same. Yeah, wow. too bready. Are you worried about that aspect with your brioche bun, or is that is is it a a crushable soft squishy bun? 
Oh, it's you can crush this task. You can crush it actually okay. and metaphorically. You can do both. Okay, I wonder. Dig in. I wonder. Uh, yeah, the the Salt Lake City Summit. I think. I mean, I, I think the summit is better than the Pastrami Peak. But you know what? Both are great. All right. So the Pastrami Peak, Salt Lake City Summit, open face pastrami burger with Swiss cheese and Russian sauce <laughs> on a brioche bun. There you go. There you go. Sounds no drink. No drink. I thought you made up these categories. Oh, oh yeah. Drink. Yeah, drink. We're just going to keep it simple because, you know, Utah's a bit more chill. We're just going to go with traditional Arnold Palmer. Mm. Just a nice, refreshing Arnold Palmer. Nice. Virgin. A virgin yeah. Arnold Palmer. Okay. Well, there's no alcohol there's no in alcohol. Arnold Palmer. Yeah. There's no virgin. No, yeah. yeah. No. Some people are making it into an alcoholic beverage, but you're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. Turning you're right. it into a John Daly, but I'm going to keep it Arnold you're right, Palmer. You're right. Okay. Uh, JD, what's your signature snack and drink? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's Montreal. There's, it was sort of a Sophie's choice. So I'm just, I'm, I'm taking two of my favorite things from Montreal and mashing them into one. So we got Montreal smoked meat. Sorry to cut your grass, Joel, but, uh, yeah. you know, pastrami, good. Montreal smoked meat. Better, in my opinion. I mean, they're very, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking that and I'm putting it on a Montreal bagel. So it's like a smoked meat sandwich on a Montreal bagel. And I'm keeping it simple, too. I, I don't know if this is traditional, like Montreal deli, but a Cots. Remember Cots, the the uh, soda brand? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of those, those brands of pop where you're at the grocery store and you're like hey mom let's get some coke and they're like we have coke at home but it's not coke it's cots <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah. is not the same but rc cola yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah but uh but cots actually makes a really good black cherry soda so that's and i think mm. cots might be a quebec company mm. um so we're going cots black cherry soda along with the montreal smoked meat on a montreal bagel Took two things that people love there, the smoked meat and the Montreal bagel, combine them. Is it too much? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good feedback. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to keep up with my uh, my sort of regal theme with my Violet Crown Stadium. We're going down to the crown, and um, we're just going to have turkey legs. They do really, really, really great. It's like a, we're eating at medieval times. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. <laughs> they do really great uh, smoked meat barbecue in Texas. That's what they do. So the turkey legs are going to be top notch. The drink to go along with it is going to be in a, a regal sort of chalice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be plastic, uh, probably, uh, but reusable. And yeah, bring it back and fill your uh, your chalice with Longhorn Lager. As we uh, we pander to to the, the hook'em horns, uh, we'll get Matthew McConaughey down here to have a turkey leg and some Longhorn Lager. You guys are more creative. You killed it. Uh, yeah, you can hear the the disappointment in my voice as I talk about my turkey leg and Longhorn Lager. But hey, smoked turkey underrated. Like it, it's turkey in a smoker. Ooh, so good. It's not as good as smoked beef though. You're right. You're right. That's true. <laughs> I'd rather... But it's fun to it's it's a good image, like the big yes. turkey leg with the chalice. We're at the crown. Yeah, I think I'd rather go to my stadium, but I think I'd rather eat at your stadiums. Mm. Well, listen, you guys, you guys are all doing great. You're all doing great. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, let's finish off the apex. What's your post game stadium celebration, Joel? Okay, so Tess, if the home team wins, if the Mountaineers get the W. A giant animatronic mountain will emerge from center field. Um, it'll be very tacky. And like, Tess, do you remember that old statue the Miami Marlins had in their new stadium, but they actually removed it? It was with the dolphins. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it would be something akin to that. That was such a weird thing to have in that stadium, but it was so campy and tacky, but I loved it. So it would be like that, and it would emerge from center field, and this animatronic mountaineer would climb the mountain while the song, and i got to look this up, Rocky Mountain Way by Joe Walsh plays. And when the mountaineer gets to the top, he plants a flag that says, Mountaineers win, and then just listen to the smooth sounds of Joe Walsh. And I looked it up. 
That song is not about drugs, alcohol, or anything bad. It's about his experience leaving a band. So good family fun, great song. <laughs> Let's just celebrate a Mountaineer's win. That's such a slow grinding song as well. It's going to take forever for that guy to get I, to the top. I know. Of it, it's but. just, I know, you're right. But it's a smooth <laughs> song and it comes on and you just kind of bob your head and lean forward. I'm like, yeah, Mountaineers win. Let's go. So that's my it's, celebration. It's going to make you want to stick around the stadium. Sometimes these celebrations are so quick. I mean, you see them and then you're done. Uh, it yeah. happens here down in, in Atlanta. Fireworks, done. In this instance, you're going to see that slow animatronic mountaineer going up. Savor it. Savor that wind. (laughs) It makes me think of uh, The Price is Right. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Tass. That's exactly yes. That's I love like when you're remember like the old games at the exhibition when you have to throw the ball in the hole and the first one to get like I want it to be exactly like that. Just super nostalgic, super kind of silly like that, but I want it. Yeah, that's gotta good, have something nostalgic. That's a good one. Love it. Very good one. All right, JD, what is your uh, post-game stadium celebration? Yeah, I didn't overthink this, and I was uh, admittedly inspired by the Rakuten girls that we were talking about last week. Um, It's going to be Cirque du Soleil uh, acrobats come out (laughs) on the field (laughs) from all over. You know, they'll just descend upon uh, the field and around. You know, it'll be suddenly you'll feel like you're in a Cirque du Soleil tent just and all manner of acrobats happening. You know, you got the bike on the the uh, tightrope. You got, uh, you know, flips and the trampoline stuff that they do. It'll be an absolute spectacular. It'll, it'll last for like two or three minutes and that's it. And then you, maybe some fireworks. But really, it's all about the Cirque du Soleil, which I believe was born in Montreal or close to Montreal. So, uh, yeah, keep it a homegrown talent, uh, something unique to Montreal and uh, and it's something that uh, all, people all around the world love. On the field, mm-hmm. we're going directly on the turf or are we on the stages? I'm just worried about your surface. I'm worried about the ball players. Yeah. Not happy that you're you're digging into their, their grass. What are we doing here? The groundskeepers are not going to be happy, but <laughs> it'll be worth it, I think. <laughs> all right. All right. Great stuff. The Cirque. The oh. Cirque. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I am going with, uh, at my diamond, at old Violet Crown Stadium, the crown on the stadium that has been engineered. It's the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, those those points are going to light up. It's going to glow. It's going to look like a purple crown, the, the, the sort of encircling the stadium. It's uh, a purple crown so bright you can see it from space uh that that's how that's how bright it's going to be thank you to the sacramento kings for a bit of the inspiration they're lighting the beam in sacramento whenever they got a a win so it's sort of it's it's a straight beam um from the 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 roof of the arena this is taking it up a notch um and as chris jay says here amongst the bleacher creatures on youtube could be sponsored by crown royal oh um Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about money, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Although Chris J also says Tass getting left in the dust. Sorry, Tass. He <laughs> loves he loves yours, Joel, and he loves yours, JD, far more. So, Joel, take us through. That's 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 the end of our drafting. You know, we could have gone way further. We could have done even more, but we we do we do care about your time here uh, on No Buns. <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll blow it out a little bit later in in the in the year when we're we're hanging out in the summer. But do you want to wrap up, summarize your your whole stadium experience for us, Joel? Yeah, so we've just got Salt Lake City Mountaineers, uh, you know, open center field with the beautiful Rocky Mountains in the center field. You've got the the pastrami burger as your stadium snack, and uh, you've got an animatronic mountaineer climbing up, planting a flag while Rocky Mountain plays by Joe Walsh. All right, there's Joel. What do you got? What do you got in summary here, JD? So the people can tell us who is best. So my city is Montreal. They are the Montreal Smoked Meat. That's the name of the team. <laughs> the the uh, stadium is going to be built next to Notre Dame Basilica in Old Montreal. It's going to have a very much a church vibe it'll be nicknamed the church my signature drink and snack uh is a montreal smoked meat sandwich 
on a Montreal bagel, and it's served with Cotts Black Cherry Soda. And the post-game celebration is Cirque du Soleil acrobats everywhere descending upon the field and over the dugout and even over your heads. Fantastic stuff. Mine, we're the Austin Grackles. Come play with us. See if you like <laughs> playing with a grackle. The uh, the stadium, it's a crown, as the uh, the area there is called the Violet Crown. Let's go down to the crown and have some smoked turkey legs mm, uh, with uh, Longhorn Lager, of course. And uh, that crown on the stadium is going to light up whenever we get a victory. Let us know who did it best. No underscore bunts on Instagram, or you know, give it a whirl yourself, as Hootski did here on YouTube. His team, the Portland Pines. Okay, I like that. It's it's okay. good. Uh, the uh, the stadium, it's it's got a forest vibe. Trees everywhere make them the foul poles. <laughs> I don't know how that'll work. Two mighty redwoods are the poles. It's it's going to be called the pine cone. Um, or sorry, his food's going to be called the pine cone, a special voodoo donut, which is a, a local place and sap Spanish coffee, which was invented in Portland to go mm. along with the donut. It's nice. Uh, giant wood carvings for the stadium. Boom. So great stuff. Chris J says, JD, you won. Let us know who won JD, Joel, or myself as we <laughs> built our custom stadiums. But for now, we got to get to another edition of you're out. It's a fun recurring segment here on No Bunts. We all must eliminate one of the objects in your out. This week, this is a perfect segue. Who came up with this segue? It was Joel McMillan. <laughs> Stadium home run celebrations. So we've got the Mets Big Apple, that rising apple uh, in center field just comes out. That's <laughs> uh, a funny one. Comiskey Park, the exploding scoreboard. It's been around forever. Uh, that's that's a great one. Or we're going to a minor league team for the third one. The Durham Bulls, snorting bull. Mm. Just just snorts that fog substance or whatever he's doing. Um, Joel, which one are you eliminating? The Mets Big Apple, Comiskey Park, exploding scoreboard, or the Durham Bulls, snorting bull? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, Nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash the athletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient-specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. Cass, I picked these three, and I got to be honest, <laughs> I, I like all of them. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to get rid of the Mets apple. Um, I just, like, I, I like it. I, I like how it's been around for a long time, but I love the exploding scoreboard. If you look back and see old videos uh, of the, the one they had at Old Comiskey Park with, like, the, the Winston cigarette and Coca-Cola ads, just so much light. 
and the pinwheels. It just looks so good. The new one looks okay too, but uh, I just like it for that. And then, I mean, a snorting bull, really? I mean, how much cooler can you get? Um, there's a couple <laughs> of videos on YouTube tasks of players. And I know that it doesn't show it in the picture, but it says, uh, hit the bull, win a steak, uh, hit the grass, win a salad. I think that's kind of clever and funny too. So sorry, Mets Apple, but I will say this. I love the Mets Apple. think it's cool. But for the purpose of this exercise, Mets Apple, you're out. Hey, that's why we do this. It's a tough exercise. Three great stadium home run celebrations. JD, what's your uh, opinion on this? And were you aware of these, all three of these uh, celebrations coming into this show? I think I was aware of the Durham Bowl just simply from the movie. Is it not? In the movie, maybe it must be. It must be. I right? believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Um, we're keeping that, uh, as you say, Joel. It's just cool. Um, I don't want to be. A, I think I'm going get rid of the apple, but I don't know. What's this? Pro- I, what is the exploding scoreboard? It's literally just fireworks, right? Yeah, it's just basically like pinwheels and the scoreboard lights up and uh, they, they shoot off fireworks. The old one was a lot more colorful. Okay. You know what? Get rid of that one. Yeah, okay. it's it's interesting because it's it's pretty nostalgic. Joel, you're, mm-hmm. you're excited for when it, the old one, uh, the old Comiskey yeah. Park. And when that came around, it was super cool. Um, yeah. It was ahead of its time back then. Now... Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it, it's, it's fireworks. Not, it's, Everybody does it. It's not the same. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm getting rid of that one. Mm. Uh, as as you know, it's it, people will say, well, that, the Mets apple is far less entertaining. I mean, it's it's an apple <laughs> rising. Uh, <laughs> it, it comes Just like up, how it looks. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I like the simplicity of that one. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. So. Uh, yeah, I'm getting rid of uh, Comiskey Park's exploding scoreboard. Although, yeah, I used to love, I used to like it. Uh, you know, the old one, as as sure. you said, that that was the yeah. one. Um, but what, they're setting off fireworks every time the Braves win a get a home run now. So it's like it's not it's not a new or exciting thing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. setting off fireworks inside the Sky Dome, like with the roof closed. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, you know, the it's not original. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm not into the fireworks indoors because mm. sometimes it works out fine. Um, <laughs> Me too. You, what, what don't you like about it? Just does, doesn't work. I <laughs> mean, like it's a you're shooting them high up into the air. You know, the 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 sky dome when it's closed, fireworks. No, it just I don't know. It looks ridiculous to me. I don't like it. Yeah, and and sometimes it. it it can clear up really quickly, but sometimes there are some. The, so it gets a little smoky. smoke is just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, sometimes you literally can't see everything in the stadium for a bit. What's the significance of the the X on the Big Apple, uh, Joel? Are you are you? Aware? Oh yeah. So I yeah, because you said, can you send me some photos? And so, um, I a Mets player, I think it was Pete Alonso. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe the bleacher creatures can help me out. But a Mets player hit a home run and it hit the actual apple. So kind of as a joke, they, they put a bandaid on it for the next game. Yeah. So that's not a regular thing. That was just for, you know, for that event. Okay. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, the bleacher creatures helping out here. Hootski with some Durham bulls movie knowledge. Can't get rid of the bull. He says the scene in bull Durham where it gets hit after crash tips the pitch. Mm. And he's like, he gets a fucking steak is too iconic. Uh, so there you go. There you go. Great stuff. Bleacher Creatures coming through. Joel coming through. Fantastic stuff, Joel, today. That was a great show. A lot of fun for everybody. Make sure uh, you're subscribing either on YouTube or wherever you get your pods. It's the Athletic Baseball Show feed or... If you want the best sports writing in the world, head on over to theathletic.com slash baseball show or theathletic.com slash no dunks. Two bucks a month. Best sports writing in the world. For JD, Virgil, we'll see you next time.